0: This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. To learn more and sign up for our industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com.
1: Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on
0: how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome.
1: Get paid for your pad, get paid for your pad, get paid for your pad.
0: Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad, number 345. Today, I have a very special guest, Mr. Derek Eaton. He is the CEO and founder of Seattle Oasis Vacation Rentals. Uh, He's been an Airbnb host for a very, very long time. And he is an expert at being organized, especially when it comes to keeping inventory of his units. It's something that I noticed he's in the SDR legend mastermind. And uh, that's just one thing that really stands out uh, to me, how he runs his business. So I asked him to join us here on the podcast to explain to us how he manages his inventory in his units and why it's so important to keep track of all of that. So Derek, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks a lot. Look forward to having a chat here.
0: Absolutely. So am I, because I want to learn all about uh, your your strategy. Uh, but all before right. we get into that, uh, could you give us an intro? How did you get started with Airbnb short-term rentals? Sure.
1: I bought a condo in downtown Seattle, not far from the uh, picture here behind me. Now, 13 years ago, we bought a place and the idea was that it was going to be our city pad. We lived about 30 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on traffic patterns, uh, south of downtown Seattle. And my wife was interior designer and stager. Uh, She had a lot of clients north of the city, which would sometimes mean a three-hour commute for her. And so the idea is that we'd have a place. If she had had some work north of the city, we could crash downtown, ran the numbers early on, saw that if I at least had 50% occupancy, it would pay for itself. Um, So that was my initial goal. And that very first year in 2008, mind you, this was before even Airbnb was an option in downtown Seattle. We booked 315 nights and basically never got to stay in our own property because we were so successful at booking it out. Um, However, that property ended up paying for itself and our, our main home from there because of that success had clients soon reach out about us managing their properties as well had a battle to with our homeowners association to be able to keep doing the right of short-term rentals and won that Uh, Gained some clients through that process and uh, then later on battled the city council to help craft smarter legislation regarding short-term rentals here um, both in seattle and washington state so have uh have, have seen a bit through through the years
0: right and how many units are you currently managing
1: currently about 40 properties in downtown seattle we got up to about 65 and then both between the coronavirus as well as uh legislative process we had to we had to basically strip down our our lease arbitrage units and in downtown seattle we had a few that we did with individual owners but we couldn't have at scale you know 10, 15, 20 units in one building um, because they basically enacted a one, one owner, one one property rule in, in Seattle, except for any grandfathered properties. So,
0: Got it. Got it. So you must have been one of the first Airbnb hosts.
1: One, our first listing was less than 20,000. So it's like 19,000. Seven hundred twenty-eight or something to that effect. I don't, I don't even know, but uh, yeah, Seattle was the second market that Airbnb expanded to, and I listed my first property with them, and I think it was February of or January of twenty ten. So,
0: wow, that's that's incredible. That's over ten years ago. Um, so you're you're a bit of a Airbnb dinosaur almost. <laughs> um, I mean, I started in two thousand twelve, and uh, I, I want to ask you, how was Airbnb different? In 2010 than it is now
1: um, <laughs> very so a couple different things one they were not there was a expectation to always meet your host early on which was a problem for me because I at that point almost never personally met the people that uh, stayed with me because I did have team members that sometimes met them depending on the rules of the building that, that they were staying in. Some of our HOAs require in-person check-ins. So they met a member of our team, but they never they didn't necessarily meet me. And so there were some comments about about that, like, oh, I'm so disappointed, never never met Derek. So so there because of that, we 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 didn't score as well as we do today on the platform. Because of that, they have that expectation of, of staying in somebody's own home or own couch or, you know, that they would always get to meet the host. So that didn't happen. And then the other, the other thing is, I mean, Airbnb is growing up so much. Um, I remember that my very first help ticket with them was when I tried to set up my 11th property on the platform and uh, Nate, their CTO, responded. Uh, first of all. And he said that I'd have to wait a few months because they didn't think about that when they built the platform and they only had it set up to max out at at 10 properties per user. So I had to wait. Uh, Yeah, I had to wait three to six months before I can list that 11th property. So
0: Oh, way to be ahead of the curve. <laughs> That's incredible, uh, and to get a personal response from Nate, I don't think that happens very often anymore. You call Airbnb yeah, support, yeah. Um, I'd be surprised to get him on the phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, now I'm surprised to get support at all, let alone um, anybody in the C-suite. But you know, yeah. back back then, I think it was still the five of them in their in their studio, still still mm-hmm. working on scaling the the, the business. So. Um, it's been yeah. a, little, a few changes at Airbnb HQ since then.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been a big change. Uh, I've, I mean, it started in 2012. I've seen a big change. But I just remember when in 2014, I published my book. There's not a lot of people writing about Airbnb. So they invited me to the office and I met a lot of them. I met Brian Chesky and uh, it, it was great. You know, uh, he, I remember he coming up to me. He's like, oh, you, you wrote that book. That was awesome. And he tweeted about the Get Paid for Your Pet jingle and all of that. Um now things are a little bit different. It's a bit harder to get a hold of uh of them now. But yeah, that's uh good old times. Um but let let's dive into the topic of today, right? So I noticed you have a extremely good process in place to document all the items that you have in your units. And there's a lot of benefits to doing that. It takes a little bit of time up front, uh, but then there's a lot of benefits. And so, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit more about this. First of all, what's your process look like?
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. So when we onboard a property, that's when we, when we do this and we literally take a picture of every item in every single property. Um, So we, and when we do that, we take as detailed as information as could be helpful. So we have pictures of the remotes. We have the, pictures of the batteries that are required to be in the remotes. We have a picture of a label that says when those batteries were last changed. I have the serial numbers of every single appliance in the property, serial numbers of every television, literally every item in the property. And the way that we handle that is we use Box as our cloud, cloud drive. And we start at the building level since I primarily work in condos. So the condo development name, then the unit number, and then we break that down further by room. And, you know, we also think about other things that are useful to have in there that somebody might need to access, such as the location of the breaker box, the location for the water shutoff valve, light bulb inventory, so we know what light bulbs are in what fixtures so that we can replace them without visiting the, the property. And yeah, I mean, that's that's how, how we go about doing it. So it, it does take a little bit of time on the front end, maybe an hour or two hours to document everything. But then after that, we we have a, a, a knowledge base of everything that's in a property. Um, so virtual assistants or team members that haven't visited a property yet, anybody can access that information on the team that needs to so that they can um, talk a guest through what they need to help with. So that's the that's the goal
0: that's awesome, and the tool that you mentioned it's called box is that b o x
1: yeah yeah box it's it's like Dropbox or Google Drive or any of those. That's just the the cloud server that we we end up uh choosing to go with. um I found that their native search capability seemed to be a little bit stronger than any of the others that um that were out there at the time that we decided to work with them so
0: got it so let's let's start at the at the onboarding process so Mm -hmm. let's say you have a new unit Uh, you literally go in there you take pictures of all the items that are in the unit um and i i love how detailed you are with that because that makes so much sense to me uh taking a picture of the batteries and labeling them so that you can go and replace them before the battery runs out because that you know, that can create a bad experience for the guest if suddenly the AC, you know, you can't turn on the AC because the battery is is dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so so. Do you do that? So you have somebody literally take inventory, all the units, take pictures of every single thing, and then you you create a list in an Excel sheet, and then you upload the photos in in the, in the cloud, right?
1: Yeah, we, we don't necessarily have, we don't necessarily connect it to an Excel sheet. We just have them live in in the folder named appropriately. We do have an Excel spreadsheet that we use on the beginning of the onboarding process as far as so we know what everything needs to be in the property. And we are somewhat unique in our approach in that we. We have a design wing within our company. And so we require our clients to work with them so that we can do things like this mug because I'm actually staying in one of our properties. This mug is in every single one of our properties. Our dishware package, um, our silverware, all of those things are standardized. I buy it from a restaurant supply company. That way, when one fork goes missing, one plate breaks, whatever the case might be, I'm able to replace that one item and not have to Wait until there's that awkward number of plates and stuff to go back to the owner and say, okay, it's time to time to replace these. Um, so we we control everything down to that and sheets and towels, all of that standardized, um, just just like you would at a hotel.
0: Right. And when you when you started with your first unit, did you did you start doing it this way right away, or <laughs> did you figure it out later?
1: Yeah, I definitely figured figured that out later. So. So yeah, that wasn't uh I didn't have the foresight to do that, but I also had no idea I was going to scale when I when I bought my condo. I actually furnished that with stuff that was not able to be replaced. I actually uh, because I closed I closed on the property the day after Christmas and so here in the US we have the day after Thanksgiving sale and because I knew at that point that the that the closing was going to happen um, I actually went and did the crazy shopping that happens the day day after Thanksgiving and bought a bunch of stuff that was on clearance, which was probably close out and I wasn't able to replace the exact items that i that I bought so i i made I made that mistake first on, but I also had no idea at that point when I bought my very first condo that I would later on be managing it for uh, you know fifty sixty seventy hundred hundred different owners um, through the year so. So yeah, so I, I didn't I didn't have that foresight. If I did, I, I probably would have done it differently.
0: Right. And so what happened to make you realize that you needed to have this inventory system?
1: So it, it was just a matter of as I started scaling, hearing the questions that I would get from guests. And while I may have had the intimate knowledge of all of those things, being able to disseminate that throughout the team You know, a a good concrete example that I have is, you know, we've most hosts, if you've been doing this for a significant amount of time, you've had that phone call where the guest is unable to operate the TV. The issue being that it's on the wrong input or source, you know, it needs it's on HDMI 2 and it needs to be on HDMI 1. And being able to have that phone call for the guest and be able to pull up the actual remote that they have in front of them and say, okay, three quarters of the way on the left-hand side, it says source, press that source button until it gets back to HDMI one. It's a lot easier to have that phone call with that knowledge versus having it be, well, it's either input or source. I can't remember what model that TV is. Um, Do you see that button? I'm not sure where it is on the remote, but I know it's there, you know, that type of thing. That's, That's not a good, customer service experience for, for the guests. So, you know, having, having enough of those phone calls made made me realize that, you know, let's, let's, let's do this and let's do this on the front end when we're onboarding a property, then it's, it's easy to do. And yes, it takes just a little bit of time, but it's, it pays dividends uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know i think when you are scaling your business and you're running over like 20 25 units or so it really becomes a must right to to have right. this level of organization but yeah, i think this is this applies to pretty much all of us cuz even if you have one listing it's still really, really useful to have that picture of the remote when the guest is asking how to use the TV, right? Or the air conditioning or whatever it may be, the coffee machine or whatever it is. It's it's just much easier to explain something when you have a, when you can just pull up a picture, right? But I think there's, you know, we're talking from a guest experience perspective and also saving time by not getting as many questions as well. But um, that there's other benefits to keeping such a detailed level of in- inventory, right? What are what are some other benefits?
1: Yeah, I mean, at, as you're scaling, it allows you to have that firsthand knowledge throughout your team. You know, not everybody is able to go visit a property as soon as, as soon as it launches. Um, you know, for my in, in-city in team, I do have a process whenever I onboard a new property, a new person to try and get them to go through every single property. But then for virtual people, that is not possible. You know, people that I have on my team in Jakarta, Indonesia, yeah, they, they aren't going to be able to visit our property. So we do that virtually. Um we do that through those photos and we also do 3D tours of, of all of our properties and allow allow them to be able to walk through and really be able to to help somebody. You know, the a great example of that is I mentioned earlier about knowing where the where the breaker box is you know that's something that happens especially in seattle this time of year when we have our portable acs going someone runs the vacuum and the portable ac it trips a breaker you know that that type of thing can happen or there, you know five ladies are staying together all trying to dry their hair at the same time yeah it's going to trip it's going to trip a breaker so you know, me not needing to take the call, so that or anybody on my Seattle team to be able to help them. Okay, the breaker is located behind the door in the master bedroom. Sounds like you're probably dealing with breaker number 12. Switch that off and turn it back on, and you'll be good to go.
0: That's pretty interesting. I'm trying to visualize this, and you know, I imagine I'm staying at one of the units, and you know, elect- electricity goes out and then uh i get I get one of your virtual assistants on 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 the phone and and that person says, "Oh yeah, just uh, switch to number six and i'll be like, "How do you know that <laughs> that sounds that's almost like magical right I imagine there's other ways as well other than like from a of customer support and saving time perspective um I imagine there's other situations where it can be useful to have uh inventory like a really a solid inventory list and photos and everything. For example, if something gets stolen or something's damaged, and so you have to upload photos to the RBB Resolution Center, have you ever had an experience like that where it was useful?
1: Yeah, um, I did, and that really cemented for me the need to to do that um, on, ongoing. So, I had a new property come on board in the fall of 2013, and. We had just started. Actually, that was when I started the detailed photo cloud drive process. Um, And that uh, about three guests, three guests after three or four guests uh, in that property, we actually did have someone break in and take the you know most common items: TVs, DVD players, those those types of things that could be pawned off. And. The, both the police as well as my owner was so impressed by the fact that not only did I have information about what was stolen, I even had the serial numbers of those things. While, mind you, nothing was ever recovered, the police could actually go to pawn shops and look for the serial numbers of those items that were stolen. And we at least had a possibility of getting some recovery. And I thought You know there was a high probability after not having a great runway with a with an owner that after a break-in like that that i'd i'd lose them you know they just had spent fifty thousand dollars on a remodel and um getting all the inventory and everything and here you know three guests in kind of the worst case scenario happens and and you have a break-in and have stuff get stolen but that actually made our relationship stronger, deeper, um, because I I was on top of it and I had I had those systems in place. So yeah, and you know that that's kind of a a top level example. But even when you think about kind of the absolute worst case scenarios, you know some of us are in you know Seattle isn't one of these destinations, but I also manage properties in Hawaii. Having detailed information like that, if God forbid there's a hurricane or a flood or any type of Major disaster having that detailed inventory when it comes to insurance payouts is key you know you, this is something that is really best practice for all of us to do even in our own homes if you have renter's insurance or homeowners insurance like having that level of detailed inventory is going to be what helps you get get the maximum payout from your insurance because you'll have this document documented thing and you can do it as quickly as with a video tour, in the case of your own personal inventory, uh, versus having necessarily photos of of every item. But, but yeah, you know that's uh, that's a good that's a good thing to do for all of us.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. Using Hostfully, you can create a free guidebook for your property that works on any mobile device. It will help your guests learn about your local recommendations and important property information that will make your and your guest experience a lot better. While I'm at home in San Francisco right now, I'm trying to take this time to get organized. Maybe it's a good time for you to do this too with a digital guidebook. To learn more and sign up for an industry newsletter, please visit hostfully.com. Yeah, and uh, one thing comes to mind actually, from my experience, I I had a a washing machine in my unit uh, back in the day in Amsterdam, and then one time it broke. And so the guest uh, reached out to me, asking me to send somebody to fix it. But then, you know, I called the, I called the company, but I had no idea what the model was and the, the type. I, I just knew the, the brand and that's it. So that kind of made that situation a lot more complicated. If I would have had a picture uh, with, you know, the serial number or even just the, the, the make, you know, the version or whatever... Um, that would have been, uh, really easy as well. So there's, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of situations that I can imagine where having that information, having like quick access to that information for yourself or for, for your virtual, uh, team members. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Jakarta, uh, which mm-hmm. is, by the way, that's interesting too. Um, so you have, you have some customer support team members, um, in, uh, in Indonesia.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. So, so yeah. And and they're dedicated people too. I don't use a a third party service. These are actual, I consider them full on team members. They only work for our company, you know, know them on a first name basis. And yeah, they're, they actually came to us through one of our employees in Seattle. So they're family and friends of uh, team members here, here in Seattle. So that's how we, we started on the process of our, of our outsourcing overseas. We tried and Early on, to use some companies that specialized in the short-term rental space to to handle phone support, and we weren't necessarily impressed with their with their processes and their ability to truly provide great customer service. And so, we built our own kind of um, built our own team, built our own systems around how to how to best do that. And uh, yeah, it's it's worked worked out well. I I I love having that. And yeah, your your example of a washing machine, you know. In every single appliance in your property, if you are able to have that information and you know what the symptom is of what's wrong, uh, sometimes the tech is able to have the part with them when they arrive, rather than having to come, do a full diagnosis, take the model and make number, order the part, and you have to come back later. So ultimately, being able to resolve issues um, more quickly without without making two trips, you know, that's all. All time savings, and that's important, especially as as you scale. And I know you mentioned, you know, once you have 20 properties, but I mean, to think if I would have done all of this when I had five or eight properties, how much time I would have saved myself, um, you know. It, but that that's okay, you know. Now now I now I do have all those systems in place, and it has allowed me to continue to scale and grow and be able to. Manage, you know, right now I, I am in Seattle, but for the most part, I live uh, full time in, in, on the island of Kauai and manage my team remotely from, from there. So
0: tough life, man. <laughs> Living in Kauai, managing your team remotely.
1: <laughs> it's what, it's what, what we all strive for, I think, at some, at some <laughs> point, where we want to live where we want to live and work where we want to work. So, you know, if I can, yeah. if I can pull that off, I'm, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, congratulations uh, on achieving all that; it's incredible. Last thing I wanted to dive into, um, I know you don't—you're not just organized when it comes to actual physical, you know, stuff in your in your units, but also when it comes to the Wi-Fi. Um, so we yeah. talked a little bit about that earlier. So can you explain how you name your Wi-Fi networks and and the passwords?
1: Yeah, um, so I do standardize all of that um, based off of the property number. Because, like I mentioned, I mainly deal with condos. So, um, if it's unit number eight zero four, it's just Seattle Oasis eight zero four password Seattle guest eight zero four. And so, the advantage of of doing that is that, uh, and I did this from very early on. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take too many guests to realize the questions of of what is the Wi-Fi password. And I and I knew that having it be the, the standard password that Comcast or who, whoever your cable provider gives you, that's a bunch of alphanumeric jumbles. That's not really scalable. Um, you know, that that would mean that I'd have to have a document that had all that information. And it also is a pain when, when a guest is trying to do that, because then you have to play the game of alpha three, you know, beta Seven and you know that re- repeating all that back because it's all nonsensical. So, so we standardized that from the from basically the very beginning, and it helped so much. So, that when a guest called, all that I had to do when they got when I got did get that phone call is say, What, what property are you in? They told me, and then I re- was able to tell them what the what the Wi Fi password was. Um, so, that's benefit number one. Benefit number two, and some of these. Properties. Now I, I manage 30 properties in one condo complex. Um, because of the way that that complex is designed, there's pretty much not a single place in the entire complex where you don't see one of our SSIDs when you look for Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. So that gives that allows me to basically advertise my business, not only to guests that might be staying with competitors in the building, but also property owners that maybe right now they're living in their property, but I get a little bit of their mind space every single time that they look for Wi-Fi, and you know that I I believe that that's kind of a a little secret sauce that allowed me to to scale in some of these buildings because they they see my they see my Wi-Fi my competitors early on they eventually started copying me but early on I knew the properties that were in the building and they did not advertise it was almost like they were scared to do that I was I just did from from day one, from almost day one. And then, you know, doing simple things like labeling. So we, we label, use a label maker and have that labeled on all of our TVs. And so we have it on the TVs and then also on our welcome tray and our welcome letter. You know, we all we all know that guests don't read in general. So having having that information, yes, in the welcome letter. But as soon as I started labeling it on the TVs as well, I almost never get a phone call now as far as what's the Wi-Fi password? What's the Wi-Fi information? No, nope. uh, people see it. It's it's everywhere. So,
0: yeah, that's that's a great idea, man. And you know, this is the lowest hanging fruit probably for any Airbnb host or short term rental host out there. If you're listening, if you have one of those really complicated Wi-Fi networks with a, a really complicated password, you can just Google how to change the network name, Wi-Fi network name, mm-hmm. and password. And literally, I did it since I started Airbnb hosting. And uh, it's super simple. And it's just such a better guest experience when the password is something simple that they can uh, remember. I mean, nowadays, you can, if you have. Uh, devices that are of the same make, like for example, uh, I have an iPhone and I have a MacBook and an iPad, and I can share the passwords now. So at least if it's super complicated, I don't have to type it in once. But there's nothing more annoying than arriving at a at your Airbnb and you're trying to figure out the password, type it in, and then you know you type a G for for a nine or you know a, or an A for a four because it's written it's handwritten and you can't figure it out. It's so frustrating. So everybody was listening, you know, go check go check your your password and your network name. If it's complicated, uh do yourself a your guess a favor and uh just google how how to change it. Very simple, takes 5 minutes, doesn't cost anything, but guest experience much better. So um yeah, low hanging fruit.
1: And it's a branding opportunity too, you know, to get your brand out there, you know. D- don't don't just consider yourself an Airbnb you know brand brand each property brand the name um, that that'll serve you going forward you may not want to think about the scale and trying to get direct bookings right today but you will in the future I pretty much guarantee it
0: Exactly, yeah, exactly. I remember my unit back in the day in Amsterdam I called it the uh, the traveling dutchman. That was that was my travel blog at the time. Um so that was the only thing I could think of to promote. So that was my uh that was my network name and, uh, and my password as well. So yeah, now I should probably call it STR legends or get paid for your pad or something like that. Um yeah. Derek Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's early. I uh, really appreciate it. You know, I appreciate you having being a part of the uh, STR Legends community. What one thing that I think is just so cool from this community is that every everybody who joins um, has like some sort of specialty or some sort of expertise or has a way of doing something that's uh, that they just excel at. And um you know to be able to have a group of like thirty really smart operators who all have you know a couple of those things where they really excel at it's just incredible f- um for me to be a part of as well because I'm learning so much from uh, from all of you guys, and it just shows how the collective genius of, of a group is uh is is just incredible so Thank you for uh, for being part of our uh, community. Thank you for coming on to the on this podcast to share your knowledge with the uh, the rest of the world and and the rest of the house. So yeah, any any final words before we uh, wrap this up?
1: Yeah, and just uh, wanted to let you and all of your listeners and people watching on YouTube know if uh, any of you want to come visit us in Seattle, it's seattleoasisvacations.com. dot com. You can uh, book one of our properties, and including the, you could have the view that you see behind me here um, in our one of our penthouse units. So yeah, we'd love to love to have you or any of your listeners come stay.
0: Awesome! And if you're listening to this podcast, go go to the Get Paid for Your Pet YouTube channel because uh, you can actually watch the podcast there, and then you can see the incredible view with the Ferris wheel that uh, the Derek is talking about. Um, and then while you're at it, you know, give the video a like, subscribe, and uh, comment on the video as well. If you have any questions, uh, I always read those comments. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, Derek, uh, thanks for the listeners. Thank you for listening or watching. And of course, uh, next Monday there's gonna be another podcast. So we'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.
1: Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your
0: pet. If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over2 million dollars or you operate boutique hotels, then the SCR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.